The Money Podcast by best-selling author of Money, Rob Moore, dives into how to make, manage, and master money. How to know more, make more, and give more. How to save, invest, and raise money. The Money Podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money in a job, profession, or passion. For money masters and money disasters. They say money doesn't make you happy. Rob says it does. Hi, it's Rob, the latent, untapped billionaire in you, or millionaire, or multimillionaire, or decamillionaire, or hundred millionaire, or whatever it is that you want to achieve. Now, a billionaire, let's move away for a second the financial measure. A billionaire really, on a simplistic level, is simply someone who has a very concentrated set of values, i.e. a certain thing, a generation of wealth or a specialism in an area, Uh, they have focused on for a long amount of time and they see as very important to them. They've specialized in this area uh, and then they've learned how to monetize this high value uh, and then they have got that high value out to vast numbers of people. That is a billionaire. That is also a hundred millionaire, decamillionaire or a millionaire, but on a smaller scale. So why can't you then do the same in your areas of highest value, interest and importance? Well, I'm going to uh, debate and argue on this video and podcast that you can. Uh, So we're all unique in that we all have a unique set of values. There are no two people on the planet with two sets of exactly the same values in exactly the same order, focus and priority. Uh, That's my belief. And if you study axiology, uh, that's been uh, found to be the case, too. So if we are all unique, that means that we are, are all individually talented. We are all the best at being us, uniquely us. So a billionaire is someone who is just as uniquely talented, no more or less than you, but they have monetized that area of focus and high value. So it could be uh, property, real estate. It could be oil. It could be steel. It could be stocks. It could be apps. It could be Airbnb, Uber. It could be retail, you know, Sam Walton, Walmart. It could be golf with Tiger Woods. It could be celebrity pop culture. It could be um, the, is it, is it Kylie Jenner, who's um, nearly a billionaireess from her makeup? Uh, brand. Now, they're all completely different areas of specialism. So one can't argue, or they can try, but it's not true, that, oh, well, it's only in business or only in property or most billionaires are made in X and not in Y or it's all inherited wealth um, because pretty much every one of those things I've just listed are very different. Uh, And I guess if you studied the billionaires, and I think it's what now, 17 million millionaires, you'd find them in a whole array of different niches. And I'm actually going to give you some weird and wonderful niches where people have made a vast amount of money, like microwavable pillows um, and buying excuses online at $25 a pop. And I'll share with those with you in a minute, because I think that A lot of people feel like their area of specialism and focus, what they love to do, either isn't monetizable or is not a good market or, um, you know, they don't have the skills and talents. Uh, And and you might be interested in, you might care for animals. You might uh, want a martial arts school because you're a great martial artist. You might be in the health and fitness. You might, for example, want to be a YouTuber or a podcaster. Um, So what stops you monetizing that? Now, okay, I used the title billionaire on this live feed and podcast. Um, It doesn't have to be billionaire. Uh, It just has to be something that you feel 
you want to do for a very long amount of time that expresses who you are, your creativity, your personality, etc. All right. So I'm going to list a few things I've written. Um, everyone has the potential to be a millionaire or a billionaire. Those that are millionaires and billionaires have worked out a way to monetize it, show the world that the world needs it, created a fair exchange environment where they're expressing their creativity and individuality, which is w- what we're all doing. Now, you might look at someone and go, they're a data uh, or techie analyst, or, you know, they're a capitalist and they're very commercial. I'm an artist, I'm a creative or vice versa, but we're all creative and expressing our, our own uniqueness because that is who we are. Being creative is the human spirit. Being creative is simply you expressing your values. So whether it's technical and analytical or data driven or very creative and fluffy and hard to make money in or somewhere in the middle, that's irrelevant. You are a unique, talented individual. Uh, and um, I believe that we all have a purpose on the planet. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. We'd be evolved out of society. So if you're still here, you're still kicking, you still have a heartbeat, then you have something inside you that the, you need to express that the world needs. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. And I guess that your purpose in life is to discover what that is. And then your mission in life is to go and serve and honor that and put that out to the world. Uh, and then if you figure out how to monetize it, you get this perfect fair exchange environment where your selfish needs of survival and maybe even opulence are met and the world gets value, which, um, you know, some people are too selfish or selfless in that regard. Okay. So, um, if you work out what your values are, which you can do reading my book, Life Leverage or Money or any of my other podcasts, uh, then they are the things that are most important to you in your life. Now, like I said, millionaires and billionaires have worked out how to monetize that. You can too. You just have to get rid of all your doubts, your fears, your skepticisms, your the projections of your family, of the media, of your parents, um, of, of, of people who say that you can't make money in that area. Uh, and then you have to take that uniqueness and your areas of highest value and you have to start expressing it out to the world. Now, that could be evenings and weekends. That could be full time, part time. That could be five hours a week. That could be 50 hours a week. That's up to you. Um, so perhaps you haven't learned to monetize it yet. Um, perhaps you've bought into a belief that you can't. Perhaps it's latent within you. Perhaps you're doing it and you're on your way, but you're in your own way. Or perhaps you just haven't been doing it long enough yet. So here are some examples of individuals who do really kind of quirky things that maybe you wouldn't expect them to monetize, but they have, because I think it's really important to give you examples um, because, you know, whatever business you want to be in, um, I don't think you should let anyone tell you it can't be done. I think the only person that should tell you it can't be done is you if it's not high up in your values. So if you're in a career or a job or you're in some kind of business model or strategy where you know in your heart it's not what you want to do. If you if you say things like, oh, well, I'm doing it so I can earn a bit of money to go and do the other thing. You should do the other thing because you probably make more money in the other thing quicker than doing something you don't love and you don't enjoy um, for the sake of then hopefully doing something in the future that you can. I don't know why I'm hitting my footrest <laughs> while I'm talking about this. All right. So uh, in my book, Money, I listed quite a lot of people who've made money in really niche, quirky things that you'd never expect to be able to monetize. One example I gave was of a chap who charges £6,000 a haircut and someone in Brunei flies him out to Brunei, pays all of expenses and pays £6,000 for a haircut. There you go. Now, my haircut charges me eight. My hairdresser charges me eight pound a haircut. That's about all I need. But there's eight pound a haircut or there's six thousand pound a haircut. What's right? What's wrong? Well, the only thing is one person charges six thousand pound. One person charges eight pound. One person has decided to focus uh, for, to the rich, the famous uh, and to become the very best and the most skilled at their um, creative talents. Now, the person who charges eight pound could do that, too. 
Um, look at the artists, the struggling artists like me, who did a lot of paintings and made no money in it, really. Um, or uh, the artist uh, like Damien Hirst or like Tracy Emin. Tracy Emin unmade a bed, sold it for more than a million pounds, sold it for a seven-figure sum. Uh, Damien Hirst chucks paint on canvases that are spinning round and gets other people to do it for him, in fact. Andy Warhol and Damien Hirst both have a big team that they outsource a lot of their art to. Damien Hirst cuts up dead animals and puts them in chemicals that preserve them uh, and then charges millions of pounds for them. Uh, so who is the better artist, me or Damien Hirst? Well, you would you, you could argue till the cows come home who. Um, but the reality is one has learned to focus on it, to keep doing it, to monetize it, to figure out what the world wants and then to package up what they express with what the world wants. And fair exchange is the balance between you expressing your creativity, individuality, your mission, your message, but not just how you want, but also taking feedback from the world as to what the world needs. Because some people argue, well, the world doesn't need more art. But the reality is the world does. Otherwise, there wouldn't be artists. You know, part of the creative human expression is as much what we need to survive and thrive as is some of the commodities. Um, but somewhere along the line, these Modern artists who make millions and millions of pounds have figured out what the Russians, what the wealthy people will buy, what the critics will critique uh, and create this controversy and this polarization, which is good for them, for their marketing. And they've built a client base and they've looked after that client base and they've served that client base. And then they do commissions, which is finding out what that client base wants, and then doing it for them. So try and get this fair exchange environment. Um, try not to if you overcharge, you rip people off. If you undercharge. Um, then you self-negate and then you feel resentful and bitter towards the world and your clients. All right. So here's that list then. So Frank Warren started a business called Post Secret. He would ask people to send them postcards of their darkest secrets. And then he turned all their darkest secrets into five best-selling books and made millions of pounds from it. So you could basically submit all your dark, maybe sordid secrets, and then he turned them into books and made millions out of them. Good leverage there. Um, there's a website called Excused Absence Network, excuse, myexcusedabsence.com. Uh, and basically, you could buy excuse letters, maybe a jury summons or jury service or doctor's letters, etc. And he, he, would, he had written all of these really good excuse letters that you could use for your boss or your teacher or whoever. And you could, you'd pay $25 a pop for these excuse letters. He started it with a laptop and $300 and made significant amount of money on that. Um, so Kim Levine designed a microwavable pillow. Get this, a microwavable pillow. So um, it's called Wuvit, W-U-V-I-T. Now, at this stage, her husband had just lost his job. Both of them had no income coming in, but she still created what many would deem as something you're never going to make money out of, um, uh, and then sold it and sold a quarter of a million dollars worth in eight weeks. Get this. This is not on my list, but I'll, I'll give you a few more. Um, if someone had said to you 15 years ago, why don't you rent out your spare bedroom to a complete stranger? You'd have gone, no way. Am I crazy? You're never going to do that. Well, that's what Airbnb is. And Airbnb and Booking.com are multi-billion dollar industries. So just because someone says you can't doesn't mean you can't. It usually means they can't or they don't know how.
Alex Chu, I remember this really well. In 2005, um, he just created a one-page above-the-fold website. You couldn't scroll up, you couldn't scroll down. There were no na navigation bars or second or third pages. It was one page. It was called the Million Dollar Homepage. And, and you could buy a pixel of advertising or multi-pixels. It's still there to this day. It went viral. Uh, and companies like Coca-Cola and Burger King and all that kind of, um, those kind of companies all put, bought a few pixels and, and put their um, sponsored on it. It's still there to this day. And he made more than a million dollars from one page above the fold on a website that is still there today. Mike and JC Conrad, um, they're two bro brothers who were unemployed, no college education, um, and they started a, a business in the middle of the recession selling meat uh, from farms to consumers in church parking lots. Get that for a niche. It's not just you know meat industry, not just to the farming industry, but in a church parking lot. And they built, built that to a $70 million business. Um, Aileen uh, Greif, G-R-A-E-F, I may have mispronounced the name. Um, her online alias is Anne Shi Chung, earned uh, $1 million selling virtual real estate online in a game called Second Life. Now, you know there's these online virtual reality or virtual real estate games that you can play. Well, most of those, you only earn online currency or credits or money. She made physical, hard, real currency of $1 million from an online game. There you go. Read my book, Money. You can um, study many more um, individuals, artists, creatives and quirky people who've um, there's one uh, that I researched. Someone has, has got a business selling dog glasses. Um, you know, there's all sorts of weird and wonderful things um, which make a huge amount of money. Um, and so I gave give you those examples because you can too. You can either create something that has really high value and you can charge um, a high amount of money for it and, you know, look to go at, at the high end. I don't know if you can see these here, but these um, speakers are made by PMC. Um, so they're what, about £13,000 retail. Um, so, you know, you don't need to make a, a lot of those to make a good margin. Uh, they've, now, there are speakers that are £50,000 and £200,000. I don't know if you can see that record deck there, that, the SM. Can you see that? That's a, that's a chessboard. Uh, there it is, look. Um, so that's an SME. Uh, and there, you know, with with the arm and the cartridge, they're about £15,000, something like that. That's an interesting one, a cartridge. So let me show you, actually. Sorry if you're listening to the Money Podcast. Can't actually see it. But um, this thing here is called a cartridge. Forgive me if I'm teaching you to suck eggs because you're into audio. But can you see that little um, wooden box that's on the end of the arm that has the needle? That's uh, a cartridge. So that's the thing must be, what, one and a half centimetres long, something like that. Uh, and that one, I think, is about £3,000, and they make them up to seven or £8,000. Now, this company, Koetsu, which are a Japanese company, you know, they are traditionalist. They are constant and never-ending improvement. Um, the Kaizen mentality that's often in, in the Far East. Uh, and th I think they have about 16 or 18 different cartridges now that they make out of different materials, anywhere from, like I said, £2,000 up to seven or £8,000 or more for a tiny little needle. Um, and of course, mugs like me will, will pay loads of money for them. But, you know, um, to me, that cartridge expresses the beauty through the music. I am um, I'm demoing this record deck. Actually, I'm about to buy one that's similar. And um, I put on Martha's Harbour, um, which is an old song I love by All About Eve. Uh, and through that, it was like the lead singer was sat in front of me and I could feel her emotion and sadness in the music, which um, almost moved me to tears. And of course, I've listened to this system many times, but not through that. 
cartridge. So that brings the, the human expression, the magic, the emotion through people. Um, so if your business and your art and your creativity do that too, then um, you can monetize it to millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions or billions. Uh, and remember, if people say you can't, it usually means that you don't know how there's a latent millionaire or billionaire in you. You just need to honor it, focus on it, understand your values, uh, live according to your highest values, delegate and delete and drop and defer all the things that are low on your values list. Because you know all those things that you do that are low on your priority list, they get in the way of you living to your highest values. Uh, And you know the billionaires would be outsourcing and delegating all of those. So make sure that you do that because you don't want all this time interrupting living your highest values. Then you've got to live them long enough. You know, they say it takes 10 years to be an overnight successful. Some people it takes 20 or 30. Um, then you've got to put it out to the world, get that feedback loop going where you express yourself and balance it with what the world wants, whether that's pop music or pop culture. Um, you know, when sometimes people say, oh, well, they've sold out. Well, yeah, you know what? Sometimes I think they're just smart um, because they've learned to express themselves in a way that still meets their own needs of expression, um, but also um, is providing utility, value and service to the world. Muse, Muse are one of my favourite bands. Um, and in their first two albums are very rocky and I think a little bit more um, maybe experimental, um, less pop, if you like. And of course, their recent albums are a little bit more pop, pop culture. But they sell out stadiums around the world. They must have made hundreds of millions. Coldplay, the same. Uh, and um, they are providing a service that the world wants and needs. Otherwise, they wouldn't exist. All these um, social media, Instagram and YouTube and podcasters, these influencers who are selling products and services and doing brand endorsements. You know, in my old creative artist would have thought, oh, they're selling out. But they're actually just creating utility and products and services that the world wants. Now, as long as you're doing that in a way um, that you feel expresses who you are, um, because your, your, your emotions will always give you feedback. So if you, you'll, you'll know you're selling out if you feel like you're losing your soul doing it. Um, but that, the, the things that are highest on your values, you know, the, your goals, your visions, your dreams, uh, they won't go away. They will nag at you for your whole life. So if you don't honor them and learn to express them and create a business, a passion profession merge in them, then you'll just always end up feeling like you're selling out because you'll have jobs and second time incomes and business models that you just won't be all in on. And so every year or two years or five years or 10 years, that voice will just nag at you, that dream that's always there. So why don't you start it now? Um, All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I hope you found this episode useful. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.